Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Oh man, did I just get off another episode interview conversation that is so good because I'm so proud. I had Amber Sabri on. She's the founder of Azar PR and she actually was the winner of the Emotional Entrepreneur Fund we did last year. So If you've been following me since like Q4 of 2021, I launched the Emotional Entrepreneur Fund, which essentially gave away $1,500 to a female entrepreneur to put towards her business. And it came with one hour coaching call with me. And Amber was the winner of this fund. And we got on a call in January and did a little coaching around her business. And so I wanted to catch up with her since it's been, you know, six, seven months since we last talked and see how business was. And uh, she's killing it. She's doubled, almost tripled her revenue since January. She's hired help. She has a clear vision for her agency. And I mean, (laughs) my face was like smiling when she told me her revenue numbers because there is, there's just nothing like a woman who moves through limiting beliefs, stands in her worth and makes money while she does it and supports other women in the process. So Amber is a shining fucking light for someone who is asking all the right questions in her second year of entrepreneurship. She's asking questions about how she can support her team, what kind of employees she wants, how to make a good work culture, what kind of business she's looking for, and how to really, really bring value to her clients and help their businesses expand as well. So to hear the growth that she's had and some of the breakthroughs that she had from our coaching session in January and what she used the money from the fund towards was just like makes me feel all good inside. I'm like, this is crazy. It's so crazy. It's so amazing to see women in front of you just fucking soar the way they are. And I'm just so grateful to have been a small part in her journey. So 
I hope you guys love this check-in with Amber. We got into a little bit of some mindset coaching in the middle of the episode around how to navigate what feels like the burden and pressure of responsibility and how to reframe what that actually means as entrepreneurs and the gifts and blessings that it brings us every single day. So we talked about the words we use when we talk about and kind of reference our responsibility or building a business and what that brings to our nervous system, which I think was one of my favorite parts of this episode to really get into that. So if you love the work that Amber and I did together, you can also apply to some coaching with me at scoutsobel.com slash coaching. I work with clients in a one-on-one capacity. You can get one hour, two hour, three hours with me. I have a whole VIP day where I block off seven hours of my day and we just get into your business. This can be virtually or you can come to San Diego and we can do it in the Scouts Agency offices where I am just dedicated to your business doing a deep dive and creating an expansion program and plan for you. Yeah, so there's lots of different ways. And then I have a very, very minimal capacity for kind of deeper ongoing level. But as you know, I am giving birth in November. So um, just a couple of spots are available for the next few months. So with that, let me introduce Amber. Amber Sabri is the CEO and founder of Azar PR, a New York-based PR and digital marketing agency that amplifies founders and brands from underrepresented communities in the online space. Through all of her career endeavors and industries that have been dominated by the majority, Amber's mission is to help empower the minority and even the playing field. She is such a light, such a beautiful example for all the new entrepreneurs out there. So enjoy this episode and conversation I had with Amber. We have Amber here, and last time I saw Amber was on Zoom this past January after she won the Emotional Entrepreneur Fund, which was $1,500 to put towards her business and an hour coaching call with me. And so I am so excited to catch up with you. I feel like we emailed a little bit ago and things were taking off. So before we get into all of the goodness of where you've been on your entrepreneurial journey, can you introduce yourself Talk a little bit about your agency and who you support. Yeah, sure. So I'm so excited to talk to you again. I am the founder of Azher PR. So I have my own PR and digital marketing agency. I like to mainly work with female founders and minority-owned brands, whether in the fashion, beauty, lifestyle space, and just help give them a voice in a world of media where we mainly just see a bunch of the same brands over and over again. And yeah, that's basically what we do. Oh, I love it. I love a, I mean, obviously supporting agency owners is one of my favorite things to do since I'm an agency owner myself, but I love when an agency owner niches so significantly into a type of client because I feel like it provides a little bit more, not a little bit more, it provides that mission behind what we do because PR is a very, it's an industry that's been around for a while. And if we can niche it down and give it purpose, mm-hmm. I feel like it just makes your business come alive. So give me the update. Tell everybody where you were in January before you and I connected in your business. Sure. Well, I want to say it was kind of almost immediately after we had our call that everything just kind of flourished and bloomed. So I made a little note to myself to like remember what happened. But essentially, all of 2021, I had about three or four clients and was making, I probably, I'm uncomfortable saying these numbers, I made about 14000 for that whole year. 
And then January, I had about five clients. And just for that month was making around three and a half K. Within maybe about two months, everything just kind of spiraled and snowballed. And now six months later, I have six steady clients and have doubled the revenue, close to tripled. Oh, my God. I haven't caught up yeah. with you since then. That's incredible. I know. I. It was the one thing that stuck out to me when you first, when we first talked was it started with my pricing and you were like, you're only going to make as much as you put yourself in. You think of yourself as a container. You can only fill it that as much as you allow yourself expanding that. And it just seems so simple. But once I expanded that, it just came in and I was like, you were right all along. <laughs> okay, wait, we gotta, we gotta, I just got so excited. Like a little part of me was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> when I, when a businesswoman comes to me, an entrepreneur comes to me and I, for lack of a better metaphor, we'll keep going with that. Like tell them to expand their container and then to see it rush in. There is literally no better feeling or fulfillment in the world when it comes to business than a woman who has doubled or tripled or increased her revenue in that short of a time. It's just the best. So Walk us through that tangible thing. What happened when you when you think about that container filled? Is it more? Was it more clients? Was it better paying clients? Was it help? What what helped expand that container for you? It was actually a combination of all three. So with the fifteen hundred dollars from the fund, I used that to hire someone else that was good at pitching, and I could kind of just be like, "Here are your clients. Here's their strategy. Run with it." show me what you're doing top level, but I trust you to run with it. And that took off so much from my plate. And from there, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, I wanna, there's probably gonna be a couple of things. So let's zone in real quick. I remember us talking and you were on the fence a little bit about getting help. Mm-hmm. And we kind of walked through and I showed you really how how little you need in the beginning to start getting assistance. I know that the fund helped you make that move. But I think even if you didn't have the fund, I think that we showed you a pretty clear path to getting that support. Oh, 100%. Even now, I just brought on a part-time contractor to help me out. And she is getting into the space of PR and digital marketing and everything. So she's willing to learn. So she's very eager. And it was not that I'm like super ready to bring someone on, but you kind of opened my eyes that allowing someone to take on those tasks give you more time to grow and grow the business. So kind of not a sacrifice, but learning where to kind of expand there. But then growing revenue, I also kind of prioritized clients that were going to pay my rates. I was kind of in that phase where I'm like, I just want anyone who's willing to pay me, but then kind of setting boundaries and being like, look, here are my rates. Maybe I'll budge a little bit for a client here or there, but not as much as what I was doing before. And it kind of, at first it scared me because I'm like, no one's going to want to hire me for that full rate. I'm so young in the business. But as soon as I just kind of set those boundaries, four or five clients just came in and it was no questions. I said my rate, that was it. And they're like, okay, where's the contract? And I was, I just didn't believe that it would actually happen. (laughs) (laughs) I have the biggest smile on my face because it's so hard for us to conceptualize before we raise our rates that anyone would want to pay us that amount. Mm -hmm. Money is so subjective. It's so subjective and we forget that. So when we think 
let's just say $5,000 a month is an exorbitant amount of money. Somebody else thinks that that's going to get them like 1% of a very small pie, right? Mm -hmm. It it just depends who you're dealing with and what level you're dealing with. And when you raise the rates and ask for that without budging within a boundary context, people meet you in that respect. It's kind of crazy because I, I limited myself. I was like, I can only do so much. I'm only 24. I've technically been in this space for like three years. And I'm just like, I don't have that much expertise. Like, why would anyone hire me when they could hire someone else? And once I kind of built my confidence in myself and my capabilities, realizing I launched a business, people are working with me for a reason, that everything kind of fell into place and it just continued to build the confidence. And I think that's honestly the biggest thing that helped me over the past like six months. So what advice, knowing where you are now on the other side of that, raising the prices, seeing the clients come in, what advice would you give anyone who's listening who's still like that, that won't happen for me? Well, I talk to a lot of other agency friends and I repeat exactly what you said to me. I'm like, you're only going to make as much as you put yourself into. The people that are willing to pay and respect your work are going to come to you. You're not going to get anywhere. It's going to be draining to you to work with clients that don't think you're worth how much you're charging because you are worth it. You're doing it for a reason. Other people are paying you for a reason. So why shouldn't they? So just kind of knowing your worth and not thinking back on it because like rates are so subjective. I could charge $5,000. Someone else in the similar space could charge $8,000, but we know what we're worth and not doubling back on that, not having someone else tell me, oh, you're only worth $2,000. And kind of just having confidence, I think, is one of the biggest things and also one of the hardest things. Yeah, it really is. And and sometimes I feel like when people say that, like, know your worth, it's hard. As you said, it's so subjective. But mm-hmm. I think it's your worth is the thing, like, bring the number that you're comfortable asking. And then it's usually, like, add... 50% or double that. And that's probably yeah. what you're worth because we are so quick to go to the imposter syndrome. I've only been doing this for a couple of years. Why would someone hire me when I started my agency with zero PR experience or ever worked in a client-based industry before? So it's incredible that usually when it comes to things that we think are rational, like pricing, it's really imposter syndrome and self-limiting beliefs that are coming to the surface and determining those moments anyways. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is something that I'm still working with, but it's not as big of a role in me on my day to day when I'm Mm -hmm. doing sales calls, building clients, bringing someone on. I'm kind of realizing I have this experience for a reason. I have a degree in this. So in some ways I am at least qualified to a certain extent. So I don't need to limit myself. And when you put those limits, like it's not gonna, nothing's going to grow from that. Yeah. I don't even have a fucking degree. So you're, uh, (laughs) you're, you're ahead of me on that, on that curve. Talk to me a little bit about what your business looks like today. Since since we last spoke, you now have people helping you. You have support. You have people under you. What does that look like and how has that allowed you to step into a bigger leadership role? Yeah. So now I have two people that are on contract positions and one I can kind of trust to just kind of run with it. She's kind of the I'd say account manager at that point for a handful of clients. And the other one is more so just like PR assistant, I guess. I'm kind of helping to train her as well. And I think I've been able to step back on being so on board with clients. I know sometimes 
it's hard to let go. You've built the business. You don't want to step back, but there's a point where you're bringing on a team for a reason. You don't need to be involved in everything. So knowing when to step back, knowing when I need to hop in has been really good. And then honestly, bringing on people for a team has really improved me as a leader. I've always been kind of someone who's not good at public speaking or like taking charge as much of a control freak as I can be. Don't understand that, but it's kind of helped me learn how to teach someone else how to essentially be a mentor for the girl that I brought on. She's coming into this space. She is what I was three years ago, freshly graduated. And so learning how I've built myself and using that knowledge to help her grow on my team and just as someone in the industry in general. So really becoming a leader has been my new thing. And it's kind of a nervous thing because I feel like I have a lot of responsibility, which I do. And then sometimes that imposter syndrome creeps in, but I'm working on it. I was going to say, just wait, I'm going to get you to hire a full, full W2 time employee by the end of 2022, maybe or beginning of 2023. I think that's your next level. That is my next goal because I'm ready to really bring someone on. And I think having this part-time help is the stepping stone to get me to that full-time role. So I've talked to a few friends who have just brought on their first one or two W2 employees and she was telling me her steps and I was like, okay, in reference to what I'm doing, this is where I can click in. So that is my goal. So yeah, part-time independent contractor work is such a good first like leapfrog lily pad step Mm -hmm. to knowing what it's like to manage to not having that insane um almost like this huge commitment off the bat it's kind of like dating I feel like before getting engaged or something like that (laughs) there's also you know everyone listening I preach full-time eventually w2 employees because I feel like your business that's really when it takes off to the next level but also when I hired my leadership position Heather our director of clients since it was, I just want to point this out because there are different ways to do things like this. If I hire an account manager today, it's a W-2 automatic. But when I was hiring Heather, who's our director, that's a really big role that has to really, really be a perfect fit. So we did like a three-week trial, before, a three-month, sorry, a three-month trial together before I leaped into full-time employee. So there are different ways to make sure that you feel comfortable in that thing. But I think that the next step like that next big evolution since you're getting comfy with managing. I love that you're already looking at your team as how can I mentor these women since they are where I was three years ago. I think sometimes we think that we don't have anything to offer people at different stages when all we need to be is two or three steps ahead of someone to offer immense value to them. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when I was leaving, I was graduating, I had my internships through college and I knew what I was doing. I had professors, but I never like clicked with someone. So going into the post-grad life, applying to jobs, I didn't have anyone to guide me. And I think if I had known that, I wouldn't have felt like such post-grad blues afterwards. So even if I'm just offering her advice of like, it's okay if it takes a while to get a job, I'm like that alone, if I had had that when I was 22, would have been amazing. So I really like having that where it's like, sure, I'm teaching her how to do this job. If she doesn't end up doing this afterwards, at least I can mentor her, at least in her confidence post-grad, because I think that's another big issue is like 
just having your confidence going into this new world of adulthood, which can be a little scary. So mentioning that it's scary, I know that you used to work at an agency before you quit and decided to go out on your own. Now that you are in the thick of things, right? Like you got good clients, you're making revenue, you have some support, you're figuring out what it means to be a leader. Are you happy that you took the entrepreneurship route and has it been a fulfilling route for you? A hundred percent. I cannot imagine going back to working for someone else and having them kind of dictate what direction we're going in. I really like getting to be picky on what clients I work with, what projects we go on, getting to be creative. And it's, I anticipated doing this when I was probably in my 30s. I started this about 10 years earlier than planned. Wasn't expecting this, but Good I for you. <laughs> cannot imagine going back on this. Yeah, it's a, it's like the, the Rolling Stone song is coming up. It's like the beast of burden, like the responsibility is greater, but the payoff is just, you can't imagine any other payoff, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm like, wow, I'm in this. I'm kind of stuck with this. If I'm, if I don't want to continue this, I have to get another job. But then I think back and I'm like, I love this. I love Mm -hmm. essentially having creative control. I work with clients to come up with what we want to do in the direction, but I'm kind of guiding that conversation. I'm telling them we need to do this launch party. We should do this influencer campaign. I didn't get to do that in an agency world. I was entry level, but still we didn't really have that much say in it. And I love just having that creative outlet that I am in control of. So you essentially, if my math is correct, you made all of what you made in 2021 by probably March of this year. Yeah. That type of expansion is is really fast to hold in like your emotional, mental, physical body. A lot of people self-sabotage and get really scared at that point. So the fact that you did that so quickly and you're keeping going is incredible. Let's talk about some of the edges that you're coming up now what's coming up for you now that I feel like you've, you've seen the magic of increasing the container and you've seen that container get filled. You've seen the magic of really knowing your worth and boldly proclaiming your value to clients and having them pay you directly because of that. You've seen the value of having people on your team to support you and you support them. So what is, what's itching in you right now? What's that next level that you are trying to figure out how to get? Well, now I'm really delving into figuring out how to build this agency. Before, this started off sort of as a freelance thing, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep freelancing and I can still partner with other agencies that need help or if I actually want to build out an agency. And bringing someone on and getting all of that and experience all of that, I was like, I want this to be a full-on agency. I want to build a team. So now my next steps is figuring out what direction do we want to go in. Things is like, what benefits can I offer when I can finally bring on a full-time employee and just figuring out how we can continue to build and build that team, figuring out what I'm looking for in an employee. I kind of have somewhat of an idea with the two I brought on, but for a full-time employee and everything that essentially is making this a real legitimate, huge agency. That's what's in the works. On the client side of things, do you know kind of how many clients you need to be able to bring someone full on and build it out from there? I do. I think it's, I think I said it was about 10 clients is where I can bring someone on and we're pretty good full time. My goal is to kind of get to like the 12 to 15 and I can bring on maybe a full time and then keep someone part time and we can split it that way. But I've been 
really kind of Fridays have become my admin day where I'm figuring out what does the future of SRPR look like, whether it's the socials, building the agency, employees, the clients we want to work with. And I'm really just sitting down, writing out those goals of what I want in the next six months, in the next year, what I want accomplished by our one year mark, which is October 1st. So it's been kind of exciting to see what I'm thinking of. That is really exciting. And I love how you asked yourself, because I think that sometimes we start businesses and we we let the wind kind of take us where they take us and we let the business dictate like, oh, we should get another person or we should hire another team, et cetera. And I remember one of my mentors was like, well, what does Scout want? Like, does Scout want a big team? Does Scout want a small team? Does she want a huge, crazy business? Does she want multiple locations? You know, stuff like that. And I think that we so automatically go towards the big vision, but that's not always what actually supports us. So the fact that you took the time to say, do I want a big team or do I want to stay freelance is one of the most important things you can do. Because once you start building a team, it's very difficult to, to downscale it or to, or to step back, right? Like, Right now, Scout's agency is at seven, and because I'm pregnant, I'm going at a little of a slower pace at the moment, but I have plans to what it would look like at 10 people, right, and what that looks like on a revenue standpoint and on a client standpoint. So I had to get really clear with myself on what I wanted, and I say that I want a small boutique feel that's not like 50 employees, right? Like I'd rather not do 50 employees, but the fact that you asked yourself that question is so incredibly important because now you can build exactly what you want with intention. Mm -hmm. I think when I started this whole thing, I really liked freelancing and I was like, okay, let's make this a legitimate business. And then probably the first three months of this year, I was kind of going where the wind took me. I had my few boundaries. I was kind of being like, I'm only charging this much. I'm not going this far. And I was just kind of taking the opportunities that floated towards me. And then I kind of got to a point where I was like, it would be really helpful if I had someone to bring on, but do I want that to just be contract? Do I want to do it this way? And I kind of, I'm not really the type to kind of sit down, think about it. I normally just kind of see what is presented to me. And I looked inwards and I was like, where do I actually want this to go? Because I do I am kind of stuck with this for as long as I want to keep doing it. So how long do I even want to keep doing it? And I really did have to just kind of sit myself down, but it was worth it. And I recommend everyone to just the nitty gritty of the, where do you want to be three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, 10 years from now, because it changes so much and getting to those steps is so different. You really need to take a step back for a second. One thing I want to point out there, I love like referencing the language that we use. You said that I'm stuck with this. That's a really caging feeling, right? That's a really like, I have a mortgage that I have to pay every month, which I do have a fucking mortgage. And I say that to myself all the time. But that when we elevate our load of responsibility and when we elevate to the next level of leadership, in the beginning, it can feel like I'm stuck with this or I have to show up for this. But when we keep saying that, we develop a relationship over time with responsibility and over time with leadership that feels very constrictive and almost antithetical to the freedom that we first sought out. It's like the chapter in my book, Responsibility is Scary, but you were born for it. So what's another phrase that we can say 
instead of you saying that you're stuck with this for a little bit? Yeah, that's my issue. I do. Sometimes I do use that negative language and I'm working on not being so much. I take a step back and I am a little grateful become not a little grateful. I am grateful for everything that I have, but working on that language and figuring it out is where I, for lack of better words, get stuck. Cause I'm like, I love this, but at sometimes I do feel the pressure is on, especially now that I'm building on a team. So I'm like, I really do feel like I'm in this. I can expand, but I don't know how to get there sometimes. So honestly, you tell me what word to use. <laughs> so this is such this is the best part of responsibility is that it has a negative connotation. And so we feel bogged down by it at times and we feel afraid of it. And so we naturally go to words that are, that are the opposite of freedom when really responsibility when looked at properly and utilized property brings us bigger freedom. You talked about all the freedom you have with your clients. You talked about the freedom to create what you want to create. You're talking about the freedom to live a day-to-day life that's in alignment with your your values and not wanting to work for somebody else. So this responsibility actually allows you a framework in which you get to be your fullest expression. So you choose this responsibility and there's a lot of power in that choice. So instead of saying, I'm stuck with this, you can say, I chose this and I created this. This is my home. This is where I live. This is where I put roots down. This is what I'm invested in. This is what I'm growing. This is what I'm creating. I chose this, not I'm stuck with this. Say, well, since I've chosen to go on this expansion journey with this agency, X, Y, and Z. Does that feel better in your body? It sounds sounds a lot better. It sounds a lot happier, a lot more positive. And I will be adopting that on my day to day. Yes. And it's okay. I think a lot of people don't acknowledge or talk about the fact that bringing on employees is a lot. Like, I'm not going to lie, you know, last week I broke down to my coach because I'm sitting here and I have a mortgage, I have an office lease, six employees, and now I'm about to give birth to a baby girl. And I'm like, the responsibility just keeps getting greater and greater. And there's so many things I quote unquote have to show up for at this point in my life. And it's when we get stuck in those limiting pressure point beliefs, like pressure is real. Responsibility is real. And there's a reason why people garner it up on their back, right? Because it allows for certain freedom. It allows for expansion. It allows for fulfillment. And we are allowed to get kind of overwhelmed in those moments because that's our self growing. Like I remember when I had two full-time employees and the responsibility felt so great. Today, if I had two full-time employees, I'd be like, it's a fucking walk on the beach, right? Every, I'd be like, this isn't responsibility. I'm a fucking kid. I can go wherever I want. You know what I mean? Every time we add on that extra level of leadership and we add on that extra level of responsibility, it feels like it's a burden on our back until we master that level. And then that level becomes second nature, like driving a car. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, the $500 retainer versus the $2,000 retainer. The $2,000 retainer feels scary at first, but then it's like, I charged $500. What the fuck? Right? Yeah. When I look back on my ex- my revenue from previous months last year, I'm like, why did I ever do that? I can't imagine that. Could you imagine not having part-time help right now? No, I should have done it sooner. I don't know why I ever thought about it at this point. I was like, it's created so much more space for growth mm-hmm. and allowed me to really just like kind of move through that pressure, not kind mm-hmm. of crush under the pressure, kind of face the pressure and then grow from it. I think honestly, reading your book has been helpful of the emotional entrepreneur, it's okay to feel stressed out, to feel that pressure, to feel 
kind of not stuck, but just you feel kind of negative emotions and it's okay mm-hmm. to feel that, but it's kind of how do you process that? How do you turn that into a positive experience? And that's kind of been what I've really worked on over the past six months is there is pressure, mm-hmm. but I've created this pressure and I can move past the pressure. If you could describe the pressure, like what does it feel like or what's your worst fear around it? Maybe we can dispel a little bit of it right now. We can do like emotional entrepreneurship coaching because where where does that feel scary to you and why does it feel scary to you? I think the pressure really comes from the imposter syndrome of feeling like, okay, I'm not doing this correctly. There'll be days where I'm thinking, what am I doing? Why did I do that? I'm not doing it correctly. And then from there, I'm like, how are you running this business? This business isn't going to grow, like just kind of pushing myself down and kind of getting down on myself. And then I'm like, why did I bring people on? Why am I expanding this way? Why am I expanding that way? It's all, I know it comes from the imposter syndrome, but some days it's hard to move past that. So you're feeling this way, not because a client told you your work sucks, not because you had a short month in a cash flow problem, not because you haven't been able to double and almost triple your revenue, not because you've been able to, you know, not bring on people and have support. You're feeling this way because of something you told yourself when all of the evidence, the factual evidence outside of yourself is pointing in the other direction. And it's so insane when you sit there for a second and realize that the trajectory of your life could be dictated by you pumping the brakes versus someone else pumping the brakes on you. So does that feel good to know that? No. And it's like, I'm aware of it. I'm normally such a confident person. I don't really speak too negatively when I look at myself in the mirror, but there are some days where I think I just compare myself to other people who are on their entrepreneurial journeys, which you shouldn't because everyone's journey is so different. And I'm just like, you're not doing the right thing. What are you doing? You're 24 years old. And it's like, I'm aware of it, but I, the, my mind doesn't stop it. Can we give that person a name, like that narrative a name? We could. I don't have a name for it. I don't want to give it a name and give it, I don't want to give it a space to exist. <laughs> okay. Can you do this? Because we have to acknowledge that that part of you exists and we have to dissolve it in some way because that part of you is lying. So whenever I get depressed or anxious, or like I'll slip into like a mental health episode, what I tell myself every day is what I'm experiencing right now is a lie. Like the way I view my life is a lie right now. And that doesn't mean that I'm not experiencing it. And that doesn't mean I'm not thinking it. It doesn't mean I'm not seeing it. It's just like, I kind of like take it from my heart and I push it out in front of me. And I was like, I have a lie in front of me right now. And I just accept that, right? Like my mind's telling me lies today so it can tell me it but the other part of me decides to not believe it. Mm -hmm. So when I used to get really overwhelmed, I came up with a mantra that really helped me. This one really helped me was I am capable. That one was just like, oh, I can actually do this. Like I am capable of that, right? And so maybe picking a mantra in in that kind of area to tell yourself every single day as you move forward because I sat here in the beginning and I'm like shocked. I'm like, girl, you're fucking killing it. This is so impressive. I'm so excited. And so it's hard for us, though, to, to match the truth of our outside world and put it in our mind. So I would pick a couple mantras that make you feel like the capable, smart, talented, competent businesswoman that you are. And I would repeat them to yourself 200 times a day. 
I'm going to do that. When we hang up, I'm going to pick three, four, and I'm going to keep it here on my desk. Mm -hmm. So I am constantly looking at it and reading it. Yeah, because as business owners, we are the ceiling of our business, right? Yeah. I really learned that being pregnant because I've slowed down and I've felt the business slow down a little bit in ways. And I was like, oh, wow, I really do hold the container, the pace, the width, the length, the dimensions of this business. So we always have to constantly be monitoring that inner dialogue and that inner thought and our personal development and our emotional health because that's really how far our business is going to grow. Mm-hmm. You set the tone for your business. You can't yeah. have a negative mindset because you don't want the employees to have that mindset. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to be in a year? A year from now, I would love to have at least one full-time employee and at least two part-time employees that are long-term part-time. I feel like a lot of times the two that I'm working on are kind of like we go three months, see where they're at, if they're looking for a new job or something else. I'd like to have it kind of be nice and steady with the help that I have on and have the clients be steady. I've finally been receiving a lot more clients that have been signing on for those longer contracts and they've been going for that. So I would like to really expand it and keep it year-long contracts, not just the six months, the year-long, because you really do want to see those results. Girl, I don't even sign year-long contracts. That's one of my limiting things. It's hard for me, like six months, I'm like wiggling in my seat. I'm like, ah, it seems like a long time. Like, it, but it's true. The people who sign the year are the people who see the results. So really incredible that you're thinking that. And thank you for pointing out that that's where my edge is. And that's where my limiting belief is that I get to work on. Um, yes. And unfortunately, that's the problem with part-time or independent contractors is that the loyalty isn't there because they do need full-time work to support yeah. themselves. And so they can come and go. So I would even offer to think about what it would look like to just have two full-time Instead of one full-time and two part-time. Yeah, honestly. Especially a year from now, especially end of year goal is to bring that full-time on. Mm-hmm. An additional six months on to that can't be too much no. time. And what is your end of the year revenue goal for this year, for 2021, 2022? I'd really like to hit six figures. Very close ah. to it. I think we're about one or two clients away from it, but that <coughs> is the ultimate goal. Yes, you can do it. You can do it. I think so. I had one client that she signed on for six months and then she, within the first two months, it's not even, she was the client that understood PR and understood having us as a team. Results aren't happening in two days. And she came to us and was like, I want you guys until for the next 18 months. And I was like, girl, I didn't know that was possible. She came to us. I didn't even have to present that to her. And we sat down, we had a two-day brainstorming retreat, and we just walked through each month. What are we doing? What are we focusing on? What's the theme? And I can already just see the growth that is going to happen just from that because there is such a large timeline that we can work with, and it's such an understanding client. If you are receiving that kind of reaction back towards you, you'll hit six figures this year. If you have people like that coming to you, seeing your value, knowing your value, seeing your worth, investing in your worth, You'll hit a six-figure year. I'm going to email you on December 30th and see what's up. I will def- I'll keep you posted on everything. Please do. That was the biggest confidence boost, I think, after our first call where you kind of helped me build that confidence and see where I needed to go. Having her essentially be like, yeah, you're doing it right. I was like, okay, I do know what I'm doing. Do you have like a, like a, a notes where you put all your testimonies or all these moments? 
You need like a wins notes that you can go back. Cause when you see them listed in paper, you're like, holy shit, I did that. I actually, so I'm not one who journals a lot, but when I need to, I use my photo booths and I kind of just talk to myself and I kind of talk to myself like as if it's a time capsule. And I was like, look at what you did. So I kind of do that. I love that idea. I should start doing that with my, like on the mic or something. That is such a beautiful idea. That's so good. Cause my mind moves too quickly from my hand and I don't like typing and it just mm-hmm. is real personal, but I started talking to honestly from the journey of starting the business, quitting my full-time job and starting this to now I'll check in with myself, like at least once a month or whenever there's a big win. That's incredible. That's like a huge takeaway for everybody. Some of the takeaways that you're you're bringing this audience, the emotional entrepreneur audience, is one, ask yourself what you actually want before you go and create it. And two, record the wins in whatever way feels right to you. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need to publish them, but it's good to just have it for yourself. You do not. I have a bunch of win lists that I do not publish that are just for me to go to when I need that. I need that moment. I need that like... I need a reminder of who I am, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what I'm capable of here. I am so, so thrilled for you. I like literally see it next year. One, you hitting six figures this year. Two, you having employees next year full time and just killing the game, having that 12 to 15 client roster. Is there any last burning question that you need some advice on that we can kind of riff on? Um, No, I think we actually touched on everything that I wanted to even talk about. Oh, yay. Perfect. Okay. So if anybody is looking for the services that you provide, can you please let them know who your avatar client is? Like who can you really, really support the best and then how they can uh, work with you? Yeah. So if you want to work with us, if you are a female founder or if you're a minority founder, if you just any of those smaller groups, if you fall in there, if you want to have founder PR or if you want to, you have a brand, We are perfect for you. We kind of work across all of the different fields, fashion, beauty, lifestyle, wellness, food, and bev. We touch on everything. So if you fall into that, you're kind of the perfect client for us. You can find us on Instagram at Azhar Public Relations and our website is azharbr.com. Beautiful. And I'm going to leave all this in the show notes so people can connect with you and apply to work with you and all the good things. I'm so glad to one, see your face, to two, hear the news of the expansion, which far surpassed what I thought you were going to create this year. So you are on the right track. This is great. Please, you know, I love it when you keep me updated, but I'm seriously so fucking proud of you. Thank you. I was within the first three months, I wanted to just check in with you and be like, hey, look what happened. So I'll definitely <laughs> be keeping you posted on everything. And I'm so glad we got to talk again. Yes, please do. Okay, love. And you can all find me on Instagram at Scout Sobel and definitely follow our emotional entrepreneur page at emotional entrepreneur. I will catch you next week.